Hello, Timmies. Thank you for joining us for this Purdue Timmy Global Health podcast. Our mission for this podcast is to educate our members on global health issues and promote meaningful engagement in our societies through fruitful conversation, lifelong learning, and advocacy. My name is Ella Domingo, Timmy's Global Health Roundtable Chair, and I'm a second year doctor of pharmacy student here at Purdue University. Today, we have the honor of hosting Amy Brand von Brenner, violinist and educator, and Ananya Tedekanda, Create 2030 Chair, as this episode's guests to discuss the role of music and the arts on well being. Ananya and Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. We're just going to go ahead and let both of you just talk about your personal and professional involvements and anything you want to give regarding your background. I'd love to hear about you both. Sure. So I can start off. Um, so I am currently majoring in nutrition science and uh, I'll be attending the IU School of Medicine this upcoming fall. So that's very exciting. Um, a little bit about myself. So I've been involved with chamber music throughout my undergraduate experience and Amy has been my mentor throughout it all. And I would definitely say that music is one of the main reasons why I chose to go into medicine. I found that the two are very similar in that they're equally intellectually engaging and they both really teach you how complex human beings are. Um, I learned how to emotionally express myself and understand others, even if they may not have the same communication method as I do. And it really, really served as a tool for self-reflection for me. So I knew that going forward with my career and even just within my involvement in Timmy, I wanted to convey this idea, which is um, why, you know, we, I, uh, I brought uh, Create 2030 to life and music therapy and several other arts and global health events, because I think it's a very important cause and a very important idea to convey to future healthcare professionals and any professional really who wants to work towards sustainability. But um, that's a little bit about my background. Uh, but I know I know Amy probably has something to say too because she's she's worked with several students. I have, I've been teaching at Purdue for about 20 years. And uh, prior to that, my background is all conservatory trained um, I have a bachelor's and a master's in viola performance um, from two small conservatories, one in Philadelphia, the Curtis Institute of Music, and one in Boston, the New England Conservatory of Music. And then I was a member of a string quartet for 13 years in uh, Texas. We had a residency at a university and toured all over the, the world with that. And uh, chamber music has always been my first love from the minute I picked up violin as a nine-year-old. I loved it till when I switched to viola at 13, I knew that what I wanted to do was play quartets. And so kind of focused my whole life to that. And I find the, it's very interesting with the medicine and the music stuff. Both my parents were physicians. My father wanted to go into music and he ended up in medicine. And my mother ran um, the clinic for performing artists in Chicago at the rehab hospital there where she worked with injured singers, dancers, musicians, um, and so it's it's very interesting the sort of the way that these lines have all crossed again in my life. So I find I find that fascinating. There definitely is some sort of connection with medicine and music. Oh, definitely. And I love how you both have had such a rich upbringing in music, as have I. And I consider that it's such 
an important part of one's being, especially if you're very passionate about the arts. And if you could both just talk about how music has impacted others' well-being through things that you both have done. I know Amy has an incredible impact on many students, many individuals with what she does. So if you both could just share about that, I would love to hear that too. Sure, so I can start off uh, with this question. So I would say for me personally, um, music has impacted my well-being because like I mentioned before, you know, life can be very complex and it takes an individual a lot of time to understand their own emotions, their own reactions to things, um, or even just rationalize everything that's going on in the world. The pandemic is a great example, you know, um, you know, we, even though we may be either quarantined at home or whether you're an essential healthcare worker, regardless of where you are, um, it's really hard uh, in a time like this to rationalize what's going on, right? Like, what does the future hold? What is my place in this pandemic? How, what are my emotions during this? How do I feel, you know, staying quarantined at home? Or as a healthcare worker, how do I feel seeing sick patients every day and seeing people, you know, die with COVID every day? So in a situation like that, I think, um, you know, there are several resources to kind of help you understand what's going on, but I think the arts can play a really, really important in a situation like that. Um, I know for me, uh, music is something, even when, even though it's been stressful at times, I remember Amy can definitely say, especially when I was studying for the MCAT, it was really hard to just get in and practice on a weekly basis, but it was essential for me. And it, it was important for my well-being because it was a place where I can put all parts of my life together. Um, and I would say for others' well-being, it's uh, you know a similar thing. Uh, one example of this was for Timmy, we did a music therapy event, um, and it involved students from a local high school, um, and they they were students who had um, disabilities, and we we worked with them in learning different musical activities, and they really enjoyed it, and we really enjoyed it. So it's. It's different for everyone. The arts are different for everyone, but I think it's a really good way to just understand how complex our thoughts and emotions can be. And it's a good place to put it together. I totally agree. It's, it's not always easy to express what you're feeling in your words. In fact, most of us are pretty bad at that, but it seems so much easier to do it in another medium. You know, you can put, if you're sad into your music or if you're happy or, you know, whatever your, your various emotions are, it's just a way to express them. And I think obviously we all need to express our emotions to be healthy. Just, just last night I was coaching a string quartet and um, one of the nameless people, he, he came in early and he said, I was just studying for two exams and I'm just like going, I had to come, I just came in early because I had to get away. I, I just wanted to do something totally different. I just wanted to play my cello. I'm like, let's go, <laughs> you know, yes. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's a real stress reliever for, I think, a lot of the people at Purdue who are doing these complex things and engineering and whatever, and just, you know, life as a student is stressful, studying for all your exams, and it's something totally different. And it's, you know, hopefully a good way to express yourself and remove yourself and then put yourself back in a better place when you go back to study. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I felt pretty similar to what you described with that. That's me on a daily basis. That's why I have to 
have my acoustic guitar underneath my bed in its case, just in case I'm like, this is way too much therapeutics, too many drugs. Uh, I, I'm in I'm in pharmacy, so that's what we're learning about. <laughs> um, but I'm like, nope, nope, I, I just need to play something. I need to sing something. <laughs> um, so could we just dig more into that? I, I know you both mentioned expressing the inner self. Um, how, how do we use this ability and connect to our emotions and our brain and, and, and project that outwards? And, and what, what would you say you learn most about yourself, about chamber music, about music in general from this? I would say from my experience, I, like I've said before, music has served as a tool for self-reflection, but I think the most important thing music taught me is to think from different perspectives. Um, I can kind of illustrate this for you. So, you know, when you first start in chamber music or in an orchestral setting, I was very involved um, in high school orchestra as well. And when you're playing with several people, right, um, you have your own interpretation of a piece. Um, you know, whether it be music or even when you go to a museum and you view a piece of artwork, you see it from your perspective. Um, just like I do, the person next to me and, you know, different instruments in the orchestra will view it differently because they play a different role in the piece. They, based on their personal experiences and their emotions at that moment, are going to differ, right, from what I'm experiencing. So, it's very, it's such a hard skill to put all those different interpretations together and create a piece. Um, and that is because we, you know, just like I've said, we've all have, we've all had different experiences, you know, we have different emotions that we're dealing with, but we also have to understand the rhythmic components of the piece and what's written, right? Because there are rules with music, but how do we fit in those rules? with my own perspective, plus add on other people's perspective. So that itself allows you to understand, it, it, force, it not forces you, but it encourages you to learn how to communicate, right? How do you, how do you, you know, whenever I'm sitting in a chamber music session with Amy, you know, Amy tells us that this particular, you know, dynamic needs to be emphasized, this will be emphasized. So, and, and that's what's written in the piece. And then we'll do it, but how it ends up turning out will be a combination of all of our efforts, right? Um, so that itself is a form of communication. And the more you play with a group, eventually, you know, you start learning how to communicate in a musical terms, but eventually it builds through people too. I remember like when I was in orchestra, you know, at the beginning of the year versus at the end of the year, we all became better friends because it's a playing music is a time where you're vulnerable and you're, you know, like we said before, you're expressing things you're not normally expressing in words. So, you know, I think that's a huge communication aspect. Um, so the most important thing music has taught me is of course channeling my inner self but think in different perspectives understand that people come from different perspectives which is why i think it's so important for people wanting to go into healthcare or any field because you need that skill in order to be successful in any job that you have any um, thing that you're pursuing so um, that's been very important and i know i know amy um, has mentioned several times in our chamber music uh, sessions that even past artists 
have, um, you know, created compositions based on their, uh, on the historic, uh, on the history of that time. So Amy, I don't know if you want to kind of elaborate on that. Well, first I want to talk about the communication stuff, because I always say to my students that anything you need to know in life, you can learn in a quartet situation. It's not just communicating, but it's also learning how to listen to the both verbal and, and not verbal, because clearly in a rehearsal, you can you know talk as much as you want, and there's a kind way of saying something and not kind ways of saying things. So you learn how, and, and certain people respond to different things better. So you learn as you get to know the group um, how to communicate verbally with them, but there's also the non-verbal um, skills. And your group's been together, I think, three years now. That's like one of the longest I've ever had a group at Purdue, the same people stay together. So clearly your, your non-verbal skills have like hugely increased within that group because you, you know, you learn how to read each other. And on the, and then a performance, there's no talking. We do not talk on the stage in chamber music. It's all verbal, uh, nonverbal communication. So you use your eyes and, and, you know, when we didn't wear masks, you could, you know, do some sort of expression with your mouth. Now that's a little bit harder. And also just the way you move your body, you know, you, you try to get in sync with people. So you learn all these ways of sort of, um, I would say being kind, but also staying together. There's this group aspect of it because your your performance is only going to be as good as the the weakest member of the group. So you learn to support each other, and there's this huge satisfaction in the performance. I'm, for me, much more than a solo performance where I get there out by myself and I know what's you know I know what I can do and I'm pretty secure what's going to happen. But it's all sort of un unknown in the chamber music. Things happen that are surprising, which also just makes the performance greater. So mm -hmm. it's uh, lots of lots of different kinds of you know learning how to get along and be part of a group and be supportive of others, but also sort of listening and then also saying what you want to say so that part of you is, you know, four equal parts in the string quartet. Mm -hmm. And you wanted to talk about history in, in music. Well, composers, you know, they write what they know. So there's a lot of personal stuff in the chamber music. Last year, I think your quartet played Shostakovich eighth string quartet which is an amazing piece that Shostakovich wrote. And it's um, dedicated, I think, to the victims, victims of um, fascism. But it's very autobiographical. It's really, it's partly that, the, the, what happened to the Russians in World War II, but it's also him and Stalin. Stalin was after this guy, and it was not a good place to be. So in, in one movement of the piece, you hear this, you know, knock, 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 knock. And I, I was told by my teacher that was the KGB coming to get him in the middle of the night because he was arrested on multiple occasions for writing the wrong kind of music. So you kind of sneak into your compositions, you know, what you're trying to tell, you know, the rest of, for him, the Russian community. And I'm, I'm thinking of Brahms and he had this, you know, unrequited love for Clara Schumann, someone else's, one of his best friend's wives. And a lot of that comes out in his music. Or I have a group right now that's playing um, a Smetna string quartet and it's called Mavlas, which is from my life. And it's absolutely autobiographical, including the, the high pitch at the end as he loses his hearing and, you know, how sad he is at the end of his life because he goes deaf. And he writes that all into the, you know, into the music. So you, you know, you write what you know, whether it's the written word or music. 
Yeah, and as I was just listening and reflecting on what you both said, the words that came to mind were communication, empathy, solidarity, um, biography. And then I think to encompass it all, I, I'd say just music is intrinsically human. It's just, it just captures what we need, what we try to express, what we're looking for. Um, and I think, I, I mean, I don't think it's underappreciated in society. It's definitely appreciated, but I feel like conversations where you really dig into what it means to you more than just, oh, here are the top 10 songs on the radio. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like that's what is so enriching about music among many yeah. other things. Think of the comfort you get from listening to music. And I think of like, as my father was was dying, he, he had, um. Uh, a dimension he couldn't communicate at all at the end and I and he was a very good clarinet amateur clarinetist and I remember we were playing the Mozart clarinet um, quintet uh, in his last you know moments and it's just it just gives us comfort but I know also he got comfort from hearing a piece that meant a lot to him. So music as we have heard definitely just feeds what we need intrinsically as human beings it connects us to the arts, to everything around us, to people around us, and definitely has quite a significant impact on the well-being of humankind. So going off of that, we also wanted to incorporate a bit of a conversation on sustainable development goals for Create 2030. And Ananya, as the chair of that amazing program that we have, um, we're going to delve into what that means, the significance of the arts, and Amy can also sprinkle in all of her expertise that she's had with music and why this is such an impactful event for our organization. So if you both just wanted to share about um, the connection of music and the arts to Create 2030 and, and things that you wouldn't normally associate music with. Sure, yeah. So I'll go ahead and give a little background about what Create 2030 is. So um, Create, Create 2030 is a, um, based on a national, you know, initiative that was developed by Lisa Russell, who is a filmmaker, actually, and she basically created this um, idea that the arts should be a very important part in advocating for the 17 Sustainable Development Goals. Um, and if for anyone that doesn't know, the Sustainable Development Goals were developed by the United Nations to basically create a more sustainable world. And some of the goals are, you know, hopefully reaching no poverty, no hunger, you know, uh, dealing with climate change. These are all goals that we're trying to address as we're trying to make life more sustainable on this planet. So, you know, typically when we think about these policies, we think, oh, they may be more political in nature and, you know, it involves research and, you know, academia and some people may focus more on that side um, in terms of addressing the goals, but Create 2030 says artists and people who have a creative um, outlook on these problems should also be involved in this decision-making process when we, deal this, when we deal with the sustainable development goals. So uh, when, I, uh, early, when I was involved with Timmy earlier on, I think sophomore year or junior year, um, I heard about this idea and 
for me, it the idea first really clicked because I actually practice Indian classical music. And, um, and that has been something I practiced since childhood. And for me, that was a way of understanding both my Indian identity and American identity because I was born in the United States. So I used Indian classical music to connect with my grandparents, um, to connect with what my Indian culture was, what the values were. A lot of the songs written in Indian classical music are more religious in nature, but they also, um, but they also have a lot of uh, lyrics that, that, um, that kind of convey like values that are core to um, Indian culture, you know, like respecting elders or um, learning how to, uh, you know, reflect on yourself before you help others. So there's like, you know, some of these core values that are, that are conveyed through music. Um, so when I heard about Create 2030, I was like, wow, well, my values individually, they come from my Indian culture, but I've also obviously learned how to live in the United States, even though some of our values and practices may be very different. And the reason that I'm able to do that is because of music, is because I've been able to convey my thoughts through an art form. Um, so that's why I Create 2030 kind of uh, was an idea that really resonated with me. And I thought, well, Purdue and a lot of colleges, a lot of college campuses are very diverse. You know, we've had we have students from very different backgrounds. And I thought, well, what if we had an event where people from all over the world and with different experiences could talk about some of the ideas presented in the sustainable development goals through their art medium? Um, and the reason why I think we should focus on the sustainable development goals is because all these issues that we're addressing through the goals are you know every so many countries in the world are experiencing some form of it um, in their own way right so if we're talking about poverty um, you know poverty that in the united states may look different from poverty in india it may look different from poverty in another country but you know it's one goal that we're talking about so how can we visualize what poverty if we're trying to achieve this as a as a worldwide initiative, how can we best understand what this goal looks like all over the world? Um, so that's why Create 20, I, uh, that's why I implemented Create 2030. I recruited several artists from around campus um, from different backgrounds and we had poet, you know, poetry, uh, painting, uh, music, dance, um, a lot of different things and a lot of students had many things to say. I just remember the the exhibit and it was it was great. I would say that one of the things I think we need to remember about music is that and the arts in general is that they feed the soul. Yes, we do need to eat. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have food, but we also have to feed the soul. If there were one thing that you just wanted to nail that you just wanted to bring home what would that point be for either of you for both of you don't discount art and music and artists and musicians and their ability to help repair the world
Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, I would say, to, going off of that, I would say, regardless of what you go into in the future, whether it be healthcare or economics, I don't know, engineering, any fields, I would consider the arts as a, as a perspective, as a unique perspective. It's one way of viewing the world. It's one way of understanding yourself. It's just a tool, right? Um, so I would use, I would consider the arts as a tool for learning how to think in different perspectives, but also understanding people. I focus specifically on, uh, you know, the arts and medicine, but I think any field could do the same. Um, and definitely as a final thought, if you are considering learning a new art or, you know, you want to take your initial steps in becoming an artist or being creative in any way, you should definitely go for it, whether it means, you know, listening or practicing to music, um, painting, even something as simple as writing um, to reflect on your day is enough. But I would definitely encourage you to do that. I support that wholeheartedly. And I just wanted to say that if you just look at the sum of your life, I feel like for those who have engaged and really cherished the gift of music, you can just see them. And I think um, Ananya and Amy are both great examples of people who have dug deep into what music means and how how much fuller their lives are for it. And we really encourage you to support the arts, look into the arts, explore them. They are beautiful. And there's just so much meaning and richness that you can get from them. So we, if you're gonna take anything away from this podcast, please let it be that. And what Amy and Ananya both added to this conversation. So thank you so much to the both of you for gracing us with your presence and your wisdom in this podcast episode. So to our listeners, we encourage you to check out the additional resources on this topic and the various links provided. If you're on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on YouTube, hit subscribe. That's all for this episode. Stay safe and stay well, Timmies, and we will see you next time on our next Timmy Global Health podcast. <laughs>